Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. Hi, I purchased Viacom probably about 10 months ago, but it's done nothing but lose value. And provides unbiased answers. Okay, this is a really good lesson on uh, analysts are very often wrong. Matter of fact, I will even say they're almost always wrong. Invest Talk. Over 32 million downloads and counting. Hi, Steve and Justin. My name is Katie, and I'm calling from Tampa, Florida. Is IIPR a good buy right now? Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by... KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. Uh, it is what, Tuesday, August 10th, 2021. And of course, the summer's going pretty, pretty fast. We're now into August. My birthday's uh, coming up, so that'll be good. I guess. Uh, the market is still undecided what direction. It was mixed today. So the market hasn't, you know, this is uh, what, several days now. It seems to be uh, going sideways. And it will resolve in one direction or another. We just don't know yet which direction. And if you ask me what I wanted, I'd probably tell you I'd want a, I'd want a correction. I think we're overdue. And I think a correction would be very health restoring to the market. Now, if it keeps going up, I'm not going to complain. I won't complain about it. But I know as it gets more and more overbought, and I'm going to have that. It's going to be one of my talking points. The relative strength indicator, I want to talk about that. For the whole market, the SP 500, it's going to be one of my issues today that I'm going to discuss with you. But you're listening to Talk, and of course, our mission statement is the same, independent thinking and shared success. So I will provide all the information I think is interesting, and I will answer your question as honestly and forthrightly as I can. So please call. Love to hear from you. I'm Steve Peasley. I'm working today for Justin Klein. Remember, he uh, he's on a vacation. I, you know, he, he has uh, taken off the entire week, so I'll be on the whole week this week. So I encourage you to contact me with your financial, financial and investment questions. And when you do... You get to take the show the direction that you feel comfortable taking it. I mean, we'll talk about anything. Most people want to ask me about stocks. Okay, well, I'll talk about stocks. But we can go anywhere. It's up to you. As long as it's financial. 888-99-CHART is our number. 888-992-4278. We're live. We're always live Monday through Friday, 4 to 5 Pacific time. So we're live right now, but let's go ahead and get started. Let's talk to uh, Justin in Louisiana. Justin. Hey. How's it going? Hey, it's going well. Thanks so much for taking the call. Thank you for making it. What yeah. do you got? I just had a question about um, WTRH, which is Waiter Holdings. Uh, I do own it, and obviously the earnings came back pretty bad, so it's kind of taking a good dive. Just curious right. what your thoughts are, whether to keep it, sell it, okay. et cetera. Okay, it's out of Louisiana. It's uh, Waiter Holdings, Inc., traded on the NASDAQ, provides online food ordering and delivery services in the southeastern United States. And, of course, one of your issues is because everybody was doing this a lot more during COVID, and now when we're all getting back, they're doing it less. 
even though we don't know what this new variant might do and shut things back down, but I don't think so. Uh, they're going to make three cents a share this year, 11 cents a share next year. Last year, they made 15 cents a share. Okay, so that was their first year they made money last year. So it's $1.22, and it's going to make 11 cents next, next year. So that means, okay, that means then it's probably, you know, it's fairly inexpensive, and they finally are making mm-hmm. money. But the most recent quarter, sales dropped 19%, and that's probably what's affecting the, the stock. I, I, I'm not keen on these kinds of stocks. I, I think many of these companies are going to go out of business, many of them. It's only a $140 million company, so it's really, really tiny. I'd leave, but that's me. I don't like these kind. Return equity is very good. The P-E ratio is going to be 10, which is pretty reasonable. I mean, you know, it really is. But, you know, it doesn't I, – I think that it's going to – it's making 11 cents might be a high next year. You know, they're going to make 3 cents this year. Because I think that there's going to be, there's going to be a lot of competition and – Everybody's getting back to going out to dinner instead of ordering in like they were. So that's what I think. Justin, good luck with it. Well, thank you so much for the advice. Thank you. My focus point today concerns this story. Some things about crypto are becoming very apparent. And, you know, I talked about cryptocurrency yesterday. This is a little bit different look at it. Okay, so we'll do that right, you know, when, we get, when it comes up. My trivia question will focus on the... Legendary stock and company IBM. There's a lot of interesting history in that story. That's going to be my trivia question today. Uh, IBM, International Business Machines, is what that stands for. I don't know how many people know that these days, but that's what it stands for. Other topics we might get to. How about the highest-paid CEOs? I had There's a list of 100 highest-paid, so I'll give you like the top I don't know, 10, 5. You probably can guess the number one. Do you have a guess for who's number one, the highest paid CEO in 2020? To me, it's kind of obvious, but you know, I do this for a living, so that's why it's obvious to me. But that's what, what I want to talk about. Um, there's new, do you realize that more stimulus checks are going to be coming out? As a matter of fact, many people will get six more before the end of the year. Six more stimulus checks before the end of the year. And I also want to talk about the relative strength indicator for the S&P 500. I think it's something that we need to look at, and you need to understand what's going on there. Relative strength indicator. Something, if you don't know what that means, that's something you probably should start to study. If you're a chartist of any kind, you need to know what some of these indicators are. The RSI is probably one of the most important. So those are what we're going to discuss. But, of course, you get to drive the show. The Dow was up 162 points. The NASDAQ was down 72 points. The S&P was up four points. So another mixed market day. It's just going to be that way. I, I just don't see a direction. I, you know, I mean, the stimulus package they're passing, as, I mean, that's, I think that's already built in. Everybody, you know, everybody assumed it was going to get passed, and it has got passed, so the market's already reacted. Earnings season just finished. That's already built in. So what are we going to look forward to? And the thing I mentioned before in the last few days is COVID, the COVID number two variant. What if that starts to pick up? What if it starts to disappear? Because I think both things are possible. 
So, but I do think that's on the minds of investors. We'll see. We're heading into a short break. I will be waiting for you. If I'll be waiting for your answers, your questions, any financial investment questions, be great. You shape the show. So, give me a call. 888-99-CHART. Summer's moving fast. The Labor Day holiday is already on the horizon, and you can't afford to lose focus. So have your finance and investment questions ready and call Steve Peasley now. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Hey guys, this is Travis from Iowa. I've heard you guys, uh, other callers, call in about uh, Lumen Technologies, L-U-M-N. And I hold the position as well, and I was just seeing some news coming out of them, some of their business, and just curious what your take uh, was on that. And if you still like it, if you think it's uh, maybe just time to, to get out, what your thoughts are. I know one of the concerns is whether or not the new business would be able to support the dividend. I know that's something you guys like about it. So just curious what your thoughts are. Thank you. Have a good day. Yeah, it's $11.97 stock, and it has, it's going to make $1.33 next year. So, you know, can it pay an 8% dividend? It can, but it takes it's more than 60%. Now, we don't like that. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if the dividend was cut. Wouldn't surprise me. Lumen Technology, L-U-M-N, provides local exchange, long-distance network access, broadband services to rural communities in 37 states. And people asked about, you know, last week or so, and we've talked about it two or three times. So I, I don't know if I want to go into it again. But we think it's a value stock. I mean, it's it's going to make a dollar thirty-three, and it's eleven dollar stock, so it's under ten PE. So, and it has a return equity fourteen percent. They're changing their business model, and that's one of the problems. And it's a matter of the CEO giving uh, investors enough belief that they're going in the right direction. Really, that's what it's all about. So, the fundamentals tell you it should work, but. We don't know that for sure. My focus point today, some things about crypto are becoming very apparent. Okay, cryptocurrencies. You've heard me talk about it for quite some time, and I've said from the very beginning, I think cryptocurrencies are here to stay. But there's going to be a number of them that are not going to be around because there's not going to be that many of them that are going to be successful in the long term. But this what this article I'm referring to talked about a couple of things that are very apparent. Okay, one is that the, the there's unique. It's a unique asset class, and it has its own fundamental drivers, would differ dramatically from other financial assets. Okay, so it's not your typical thing. That's why it's so difficult to understand. Well, what is the value? Well, I don't know. Okay, um, and the 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 other thing that they have is that it's becoming more of a, a an asset that more and more investors are looking at. So SCC is going to start setting up some rules on cryptocurrencies, probably mostly about uh, clarification and a fair playing field. Right now, it's like the old West, you know, you just don't know what's going to happen and, yeah. There's not much law around cryptocurrencies, not much, you know, what, what is it, what should we be looking at? Who's going to do what as far as uh, regulation? 
But it's clear that they were going to have regulation. As I told you yesterday, obviously they're going to have regulation because they were trying to tax it in this new stimulus package. Tax transactions of cryptocurrencies. That's a, that's a, a legitimizing stance, proposal, right? Making it legitimate. So I, we just don't know where it's going to go. I, I, it has a lot of volatility, and for traders, they like volatility. That that gives them opportunities. Of course, opportunities to make a lot of money and opportunities to lose a lot of money, but they want the opportunity. So it's pretty interesting, I think, really. Let's go ahead and slip in another voice bank question, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Justin and Steve. This is Dan from Northern California. I have a question on a stock, Quidel Corporation, Q-D-E-L, and they do um, – I guess they're involved in rapid tests. I thought that might be a good play with people having to go back into the office. And so I was wondering um, what you guys thought about that one. Thanks a lot. appreciate uh, your guys' help. Bye. Yeah, I, I, I can see your point, but do realize uh, their big move uh, with the tests is over, right? Because the COVID spiked and peaked and trothed, and now it's starting to spike again. So you've got to be aware that, you know, of that situation. Uh, Quadell develops rapid diagnostic tests for infectious diseases, women's health, and gastrointestinal diseases. They made, they made $19.92 in 2020. They're going to make $6.97 this year, $3.77 next year, which is more of the norm, $3.77. Because before 2020, in almost $20 per share earnings, it was a, it made $2.97. See, so $3.77 is much more in line of its long-term profits. Okay? And those long-term profits were based on 15 to 20 to 30% growth, not the 400% growth that we had in sales during the peak of COVID. It's a $130 stock. And it's $3.77. Okay, so obviously, what PE does that give it? Okay, what, 30-something? Let's see, what, let's take a look. 130 divided by uh, 3.77. And, you, you know, you get, what, 34? PE, that's not cheap. For, but it's not expensive either. But I, I don't know. I, I would stay away from it because it's a little bit pricey. And I'm not sure about the growth. I'm not sure know what that's going to look like. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And for investors, the need to remain vigilant never ceases. So we must learn and manage our fear and greed and keep a balanced portfolio. So we can do this. We can help you also. So give me a call. 888-99-CHART. The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief Riskalyze quiz. Okay, you know, we are you know, thank you for listening to Invest Talk. We do appreciate it and we really appreciate your uh, review on iTunes. And to thank those people who've done those, we try to get to their questions quickly. 
So uh, Alexandria from Charlotte asked, she's about student loans. I am a college student, and I worked while in school to pay my tuition. I made it to senior year without any debt. Great for her. I have a Roth, one, a Roth IRA, and I'm able to add about one to 2000 per year currently. Should I consider getting student loans for one of my last couple of semesters in order to be able to contribute more to my IRA? And the answer is no. Why? Well, because student loans still cost money. You, they cost money. So you, you have to take risks by contributing to your IRA. You have to take risks to make more money than the loan amount interest that you're paying. Okay, so maybe it's very low interest, 4 or 5%. But, you know, the, you need to take a lot of risk, and you could lose money. Especially today, the market's kind of pricey. So here you're putting money into it, and even more money when it's pricey. And I just don't think it's a good bet right now. If we were in a recession, I'd say yes, sure. And I might consider that. Because there's more upside potential for the market. So overall, the market goes up every year. On average, it goes up 8 to 10%. That's normal. That includes the dividends. But there are years when it goes up too high or it gets too expensive. And you just got to realize that. Okay? And I think that's where we are. Okay, I'm, uh, let's see, another one. Here's another one from uh, Thea. I'm a newsletter. I, um, I'm a new investor, and I bought 400 shares of B2 Gold at 523. Right now, it's about $3.84. I would like your opinion on the stock. Should I get out? I was thinking about holding for a long term since I like the stock. See, this, you're, 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 you're telling me two different things. You want to get out. But you're thinking about holding it for a long term. What is it? What was your goal? Why did you buy it? Okay, BTG is a symbol. Canadian company engaged in gold mining in Nicaragua, Nibia, and the Philippines. It's going to make $0.47 cents next year. It's a $3.72 stock. So it's pretty cheap, pretty inexpensive. Uh, recent quarter sales dropped 18%. Quarter before that, to drop 5 All the quarters before that for two years are up 40 50 60%. Now, pays a 4.3% dividend. What is your long-term goal? It's a $3.9 billion company. If you're, I think gold's going to go back up. I think it will. Uh, we're going to get inflation numbers, I think, starting tomorrow. And we'll see. If, if inflation is more than expected, you'll probably see a pop-up in gold. But if, you're ter- if you are a long-term investor in this stock, then you stay long-term. Okay, if you wanted to trade it and you're trading it for a short period of time and you have specific reasons why, then you trade it. But I'd be, I'd probably hold on to it. Okay, let's dip back into the Invest Talk Voice Bank. The next question came in earlier from a listener in Florida. Hi, I purchased Viacom probably about ten months ago. The ratings, so the different analysts rated it as becoming much higher than it was when I purchased it, but it's done nothing but lose value. I wondered if it's worth holding on or whether these analysts were not in touch with what's really happening or there's going to be a turnaround. My name is Ron from Florida. Thank you. Okay, this is a really good lesson on uh, analysts are very often wrong. Matter of fact, I will even say they're almost always wrong. It's just how wrong are they? This is Viacom, right? 
So analysts say, oh, it's worth a lot more money, and this is the reasons, and then the stock doesn't do anything. Well, were those reasons wrong? Well, maybe the reasons were actually right, but traders didn't evaluate it as much as those analysts did. So I, I, yeah, I don't listen to analysts. I do my own research, and I suggest that everybody else does their own research. You're just as smart as them if you have interest in the stock market. If you spend a little time on the stocks you own, you can do just as well. This is a global media and company engaged in TV broadcasting, motion picture production, and publishing. Of course, motion producer motion picture production last year with COVID. No one's making any money in that sector. And the stock went down from, it was already in a downtrend all through 2017, 2018, a slow downturn, then a spike down in 2020 because of COVID. And then it spiked up. I mean, it went down all the way to, uh, what, $10 or so, and it spiked up almost to 100 Now it's at $40.75. So let's look at the earnings. Okay, they're going to make $4.17 next year. That means this is a 10 or less PE, 9, 10 PE. And that's kind of in the middle of its range. It's not as cheap as you think. But the return on equity is very good at 19%, pays a 2.4% dividend. Frankly, I think it's underpriced. I think the stock is worth more of like worth about 60 bucks. I think it'll eventually go there, but it might take some time. It might take some time to get there, everybody. Okay, from time to time, I think it's fun to step back a little from our super serious conversation. So today's trivia question is more of a historical stock and legendary company question, and here it is. Looking back in time, how many employees did IBM have in 1915, did you know they were that old? I did. 1915, they weren't a computer company because computers weren't invented yet. And what do you suppose was IBM's gross income in 1925? How much money did they make? I'll give you the answer after the break. But for now, my phone lines are open. Give me a call. I encourage you to call. 888-99-CHARGE. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today.
That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, Stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888 99Chart. Okay, I asked a trivia question before the break about IBM. Looking back, uh, how many employees did IBM have in 1915? How much money did they make in uh, 1925? Well, they weren't always IBM. That's not how it started out. And in the 1880s, there were four predecessor companies that joined, okay, together. But they weren't called IBM then either. It was called uh, Computing Tabulating Recording Company, CTR, out of Edincott, New York. Thomas Watson came to the company, NCR, National Cash Register Company. So Watson led the name change to IBM, which occurred on February 14, 1924. 1915, IBM predecessor company had about 1,700 employees. 1925, they had grossed about $13 million, or 3,700 employees. That's pretty big size probably back then. Railroads were the big companies back then. Railroads were huge. Um, during World War II, IBM equip, equipment was used for cryptography by the U.S. Army and Navy. And do you remember the punch cards? That's how they programmed computers back in the 60s and 70s. Do you remember those? In 1961, um, they had, uh, let's see, they, how many punch cards? Some of our listeners might remember that. Uh, blah, 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 first, introduced night two. In case you hold IBM shares, but well, they had like they would do like millions of punch cards a day. They five to ten million every day. 
So in case you hold IBM shares, the stock has traded at about $141 earlier this year. But the oldest technology company still around. Carl in Oceanside. What's up, Carl? I bought Ratla Midstream okay. for the dividend. I'm wondering, can they keep on paying that dividend? Okay. Rattler Midstream Limited Partnership owns, operates, develops, and acquires midstream infrastructure assets to deliver crude oil and natural gas. They've made money. They've always made money. The money that they make per share has been kind of volatile over the years. Uh, 2020, they made 74 cents a share. This year, they're going to make a dollar eight. Next year, the estimate is a dollar twenty-six. Sales recently went up 14%. The quarter before this most recent quarter, the sales went down 24%. So it's kind of like that. It's a $11 company paying a 9% dividend. Okay, can they afford to do that? Yes, because they're going to make a dollar twenty-six, And so a 10% dividend would be a dollar ten, right, of $11 stock. So, yeah, I, they can't afford it. They're, these these kinds of companies are known for their dividend streams, but they also are known for dividends that are not stable. So, so Carl, just realize that the dividend can be cut at any time. They don't. It's not like they'll pay the dividend every year for the next thirty years, like some other companies. No, it's not like that. It's always depends on what the earnings are going to be. Okay, I mean, we're talking in two thousand sixteen. They made three cents a share. So. <laughs> It's very volatile, the earnings. So the dividend will probably likely follow that volatility. But, yes, they can pay next year's. They have enough money, enough earnings to do that. Thanks, Carl. Appreciate the call. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay, uh, relative strength indicator. Okay, almost every charting program, I I can't ever think of a charting program that does not show you relative strength in the stock. Relative strength is nothing more, relative strength indicators, nothing more than an oscillator. It oscillates, okay, based on the price of the stock. Okay, it oscillates from, uh, the, the, there's two levels, from 0 to 100 oscillates, but between 30 and 70 is where it stays most of the time for most companies and the indexes. When it's above 70, that's an indication of overbought. That market or that stock is overbought. When it's below 30, it's oversold. So when it's oversold, it tends to spring back. When it's overbought, it tends to come down. And if you're going to look at an index relative strike indicator, you'd probably be better served to look at a weekly one instead of a daily one because you're looking for more long-term overbought and oversold situations. So the S&P 500, right now, the number is at 71.1. Okay. So the market is overbought according to this indicator. Now, the problem is you can't use it to time the market. The market could stay overbought. It could go up to 80. and go up to 85. Usually it doesn't go that high, but it could. But I've seen them stay overbought and oversold for months. So it's hard. You can't really use it as a trading indicator, but you can use it as, boy, the market is kind of expensive and people are really excited about it. And, you know, it might be might be prudent not to throw a lot of new money at the stocks I own. 
That's how I look at it. Might be wise to start producing a little bit of cash. Don't be so aggressive. Doesn't mean you get out. Don't do that because you can't time the market. Can't do it. That's the relative strength indicator, RSI. Now, as I've told you, Justin and I are happy to answer specific stock questions. And we also realize that our listeners often have questions about various process topics, definition terms like RSI I just talked about. So let's play this question, and I'll give you the answer. Hey, Justin and Steve. This is Alex from Pennsylvania. I love the show. I had a really quick question for you. When I first started investing, you know, I was looking at mutual funds and something very easy to look at, specifically index mutual funds. Now, since then, I've moved to ETFs like SPY. My question is, what is the argument to be made for using an index mutual fund nowadays, given that index ETFs are now available? From my perspective, just looking at it, it seems like a mutual fund will take longer for the transaction clear, the expense is going to be higher, and it's going to be a little bit less clear how it's performing in, you know, over time. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Bye. Well, you're, you're correct. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why ETFs are becoming more popular than mutual funds, especially indexed mutual funds. Now, other mutual funds that are managed mutual funds ETS are there's very few ETS that are managed. They just track a sector or a fund or or an index. You know that they they just they're not managed. So on a cost basis, usually ETS are cheaper. And you pointed out all the reasons why they're preferred. And the answer is it's because all those old mutual funds are legacy. They've been around forever. So you know ETS are fairly new. Now new meaning they haven't been around forever. But 10, 20 years, you know, and recent years, recent five years, there's been a, a, a just a ton of ETFs being offered of all kinds. So I kind of like the ETFs, the sector ETFs, you know, or the country ETFs. It's hard to find stocks or investable assets there, but you can use an ETF and, the, the, you know, as an, and track a sector or index or, you know, a country. So I kind of like that. So, good question. Appreciate that question. Okay, uh, let's fit in another iTunes question because they did a, uh, a review and we appreciate all the reviews. Uh, and this is from DHEF. Please review, discuss the stock plug. P-L-U-G. Oops, what happened here? Hold on, bear with me just a sec. P-L-U-G. Yep. Plug power, engaged in uh, design, design making of fuel cell systems for industrial, off-road, and stationary power markets worldwide. Now, the promise of fuel cells has been out there for several decades, that that was going to change the energy, that uh, we eventually have automobiles run on fuel cells. And so far, it has not come true. And plug power has been around for years and years and years. It's never made money. Never. Not going to make money this year. They're going to lose 38 cents. Next year, they're going to use 19 cents. It's always lost money. It's a $16 billion company with great promise, but has never produced a profit. Never. So I, I don't like it. I do not like it. I wouldn't buy it. If I owned it, I'd sell it. I don't like companies that don't make money, especially Plug, who's been at it for so long. And every once in a while, they come out with a great press that this is what their breakthrough is. And, yeah, they sell fuel cells. Yeah, 
They sold 124 million worth of fuel cells, industrial fuel cells, last uh, last quarter. But that doesn't justify a $16 billion company, and they haven't made money. Why would I want to buy a company that doesn't make money? If I can pound one thing into everybody's head, buy companies that make money. If you want to take a risk on something that doesn't make money, has a promise of the future, you can do that, but very little of your money. All The bulk of your holdings will be in stocks that make money have the promise to make more money or growth sales that make more money, something. But these kinds of companies that have great stories but don't make money, I'm, I'm not interested. I'm really not. And you shouldn't either, by the way. Shouldn't. Okay, on almost every podcast, I talk about our company a little bit, uh, KPP Financial in Irvine, California. We've been around for a mini, a long time. <laughs> uh, what, two and a half decades or so? Something like that. Um, Orange County is between LA and San Diego. Uh, here in Talk, we operate with a philosophy of, uh, of shared success with everybody. And what that means, independent thinking, we don't buy stuff. But what that means is I buy and sell the same things for you as I do for my clients. If you're a client of mine, I buy for me. Exact same thing I buy for the clients at the same price, same percentage of the portfolio, same everything. We have about five different portfolios, one from very risky to very non-risky. So it depends on where you want to be, but I'm on board on all of them with my money. So, I, you know, I'm getting older, so I now gravitate to the less risky portfolios, but I'm still in all of them, and I will continue to be so. So... If you want to take a look at your portfolio, we'd be happy to do that. You can call our KPP financial offices in Irvine, California. You can send me an email. Go to investtalk.com and click on the contact us. That's an email that comes directly to me. And we'll be happy to respond. You take, send us your portfolio. We'll take a look at it for you. No charge, no obligation. We'll help you. We want to help you, so do that. It's free. Next up, we will play a voice bank question that came in overnight from an investment invest talk listener in New York. So stand by. Our Invest Talk mission is to help you make better investing decisions. To do that on your own, thumbs up or thumbs down choices based on good, solid investing principles. But we need your questions to keep us on track. 888-99-CHART or click on Contact Steve or Contact Justin on investtalk.com. Hello, this is Luke from New York. Thank you for helping me with our PWR yesterday. Your explanation was very helpful. My question is on PIC, P-I-C-K. It's a miners ETF. I have a decent position in it. I bought it at $43 about four months ago, and it's been basically consolidating the last four months. If you have any other additional information, I would appreciate it. If I should keep holding it or let it go. Thank you. Bye. Well, I think I'd just let it go. My personal belief is that you just, you know, it's, you know, managing a portfolio of stocks, you have to look at the whole portfolio. You don't look at one position and say, oh, this one's not working or this one's working very well. And let me add money to this one and not add money to that one. You know, you got to look at the whole picture. First of all, you got to have a concept of where you're going, what kind of investments you want. 
And then as you look at the different investments you have, you'll say, okay, is this one here acting like what I thought it was going to act? And if not, what is wrong? Is the next one, is that doing? See, what you really should do and what we do, write down why you bought the stock when you bought it, before you bought it. Why you did your research? You bought it because if your if your reason to buy a stock is, well, I heard my friend told me to buy it. That's a terrible reason to buy a stock. I heard on on the news that it was a good company. Terrible reason to buy a stock. The reasons you buy a company is because it's going to make money. It has a edge on the competition. Has a great brand. The CEO is smart. You know, the fundamentals of the company, you know, what, what, what the earnings are going to be strong. They should continue to be strong. And the stock is not too expensive. Those are the thought process. But you're managing a portfolio. You'd have 15 to 30 stocks. Okay? You're your own mini mutual fund. And your mini mutual fund is what it does is based on what your desires are. Are you looking for growth? Are you looking for dividends? What, what's your desires? That's how you have to look at these things. Okay? You really do. Okay. Uh, highest paid CEO in 2020. I, I, there was a list of the top 100 that I saw. Well, I didn't want to go through all 100, but I wanted to see the top 10. Who do you think is number one? Okay. Let me give you number two. Paycom Software CEO Richardson. Richardson? He made $211 million. He was number two. Number one is Elon Musk. Elon Musk. How much do you think he made? $11 billion in one year. How much did you make on Tesla? He made more. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. We have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. So we will continue right after this break. 888 99Charge. Um, I wanted to see if you thought that that was a safer place to park the money for long term. Good advice. Stick to a well thought out plan for carefully divvying up your money so no single calamity will destroy your portfolio. Want to talk about it? 888-99-CHART is how to get through right now. This is Invest Talk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. My name is Katie, and I'm calling from Tampa, Florida. And my question for you guys is, is IIPR a good buy right now? I know it's a stock that you guys hold personally um, because you guys have talked about it before, and I did some research. It's the cannabis real estate stock, and it's doing really well. It's definitely up. I want to say my year-to-date gains are around 25%. And I've got some money that I, you know, I need something to do with. So I'm wondering if now is a good time to buy more or are we not expecting that to continue to go higher? All right. Thanks so much. And I'll listen to the show for answer. Bye. I would not buy more. 
Okay, IIPR, Innovative Property, and what we own in some of our managed accounts. It's a REIT targets acquisition of industrial real estate assets that are used for growing medical U.S. Uh, medical use cannabis, okay? Uh, they're going to make $6.65 this year, $9.04 next year, but it's a $227 stock. So it's doing really well, but the price is pretty high right now. So that's the only reason I'm not... I would not consider buying more. Should you sell what you have? No. But buying more, it, you're chasing the performance that we've had. This stock, I mean, a few couple, three years ago, was like $16, $17. Now it's $227. A year ago, at the beginning of this year, the stock was $120. Now it's $227. So which it's made a huge run. The only thing we're going to be doing is cut. Might not sell it all, but we'll cut back. That's the only thing you should be thinking about. Where should I cut back? Because now we talked about relative strength indicator. It's it's overbought, overbought. That's why you heard me earlier in the show saying, "Well, I would really like it. I would be comfortable, comfortable with a pullback. I would be comfortable. This is a great company. Pays a two and a half percent dividend, uh, but the return on equity is kind of small. But remember." You know, what, they're going to make $9, and it's a REIT, so you're going to get 90% of that as a dividend. Because the stock price has gone so high, the percentage isn't so much anymore. But we bought it some time ago, and it looks pretty good. We're getting a nice dividend out of it. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay, uh, do you know that there's more stimulus checks coming? Six more stimulus checks. You think it's over, huh? No. There's some going out this Friday, and there's going to be five more after that before the end of the year. All that money they're spending. Do we need stimulus checks going out? No. Got plenty of jobs out there. 11 million open jobs now, the highest in history. And there's there's, there's four uh, higher signs everywhere. Why are we still sending out stimulus? Why do we still have stimulus? We don't need it anymore. Why aren't we cutting it back? Nope, not happening yet. Nope, I just passed another trillion-dollar stimulus. Now, I do like that it's going to be on infrastructure because I think we need that and have needed it for years and years and years. I'm just hoping that it is all on infrastructure. But typical government, there's all kinds of stuff in there that's probably not infrastructure. But, you know, we need we need that kind of thing. So you would get a stimulus checks if you have children because this is pretty much – families with children, okay? You get about $250 per child between the ages of 6 and six, six and 17, and $300, $300 per child for anybody, any child under 6. And again, there's going to be six checks, one starting Friday before the end of the year. Uh, you do have income limits, too. So it's not, it's not for everybody. You, know, you, have to have to make, you can't make a certain way too much money. So... Anyways, that is more stimulus company, but what can I tell you? I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another InvestTalk program, everybody. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening. We do really appreciate it. I encourage you to tell your friends and family. We really would help. That would help us. You know, it's a free podcast. You can download anytime you want. You get them at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and InvestTalk.com. And we really would like you to rate us at iTunes. It really would, so if you would, please do so. 
And you can you don't have to give us a, a stellar rating if you don't think it's a good show. Okay. I, I can take I can take it. I can. And of course you could browse our podcast by topics, which we've been telling you for some time. Any topic that you know might come up that we talk about is browsable. Interest rates, you know, value stocks, health savings accounts, whatever. Everybody independent thinking and share success. This is the best talk and have a great night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered and offered to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.